1: What's going on, Real Sports fam? Welcome to episode 10 of the Real Sports Podcast, a Snapchat sports pod. Tonight, we have a special edition of the Real Sports Awards and a fun interview with my close friend and D1 superstar, ex-superstar, Joe Schwartz from the Texas Longhorns basketball team. Let's get it.
0: Down goes Frazier! Auburn's going to win the football game! is going to win the football game! Curry, way down top! Bang! Bally! Gives it to Jenkins for the championship! Yeah. Yeah. Oh,
1: What's going on, everyone? I'm your host, Jack Settlement from Real Underscore Sports on Snapchat, a 1 million follower sports snap account. Give it a follow if you haven't. With me tonight for our special award show is Abe Granoff, my longtime best friend. Abe, how are we feeling? We're feeling good.
2: This is going to be a good episode. I think the real winner in this episode is Joe Schwartz after this interview. Um, I think he might start getting calls from NBA teams, from D-League teams, or sorry, G-League teams, uh, d league if you're if you're
1: you're an old head
2: if you're an old head like myself um but let's go let's do it
1: yeah so we like we're talking to each other we're like what do we even talk about tonight like this is the night after the all-star break is historically the most dead night in all of sports there's not anything really going on we got some summer league action wmba but there's really nothing let's go las vegas aces baby best record in the wmba Best record in the WNBA. As you all know, this is a Las Vegas Aces pod. Uh, I, I, think they, I don't think they know
2: why this is a Las Vegas Aces pod.
1: So well, we have some good money on them, yeah, which so we got all some, goes to so giveaway. Jack
2: found some good lines um, as for a future because apparently they formed the Warriors of the WNBA. <laughs> um, so we thought. Yeah, I don't really know who their core is other than Liz Cambridge. She's a baller. I'm not Liz sure Camber. if she's related. What's, what, what?
1: Liz Cambridge, but close.
2: Cambridge. oh. You know, I was under the impression that her last name was Cambridge and that she was somehow related to Calvin Cambridge, from one of my (laughs) favorite movies ever, like Mike. But yeah, big Las Vegas Aces fan. Uh, We got a little bit of the season left, and then we're headed to the playoffs with a championship in mind, and this future of
1: mine will hit. Championship or bust, if the Aces win, there's a special giveaway for the Real Sports Pod, obviously. But let's get into it. All right. The Real Sports Awards presented by Abe and Jack first category is so these by the way the categories and potential answers were given to me by my chief content officer so as to have no biases here and i had to announce that because as i'm looking at the first category and the first option it's going to seem biased but Uh. player you wish you could have played a video game with as we know the ncaa because of likeness cut NCAA football and NCAA basketball over the past five years. So the options are Lamar Baby Goat Jackson, the greatest player of all time, uh, Saquon Barkley, Zion Williamson, or Real Sports fan favorite, Taco Fall. Abe, the player you wish you could play video game with.
2: No-brainer. No-brainer. Real Sports fan, it's Taco Fall. Could you imagine just, like, getting the ball in the post and, like, a double team's coming from like one of your friends and you're playing with him he's like mm, you thought and just put it over their head and just dunk it in like watching his strides go up and down the court like he he is a special specimen of a human being just the way he looks would just be so awkward in a video game to the point where you could just drop probably 40 and 40 in a game especially if you play on rookie mode which if you play with Taco Fall you probably should because you can't really dominate a video game with a big nowadays it's just like it's kind of like the new NBA it's just fast break dunks and then fuck it let's just shoot a 3 and from 40 feet and see what happens. So, I'm going with Taco Fall. I think that'd be a lot of fun given did you see him actually a couple was it 2 days ago or something? last got, night. Yeah, last night. Someone on the Nuggets, I forget who it was, tried taking a charge on him maybe at like in between the foul line and the hoop and I think they were in the fourth um fourth row in the stands. It was unbelievable. (laughs) If you could just have that kind of dominance in a video game, it would drive your friend and your opponent crazy, and you'd probably win if you're one of my friends and you're throwing 20 bucks on the game. You'd probably be profitable about it, and you can laugh in their face. So Taco Fall, 100%. I would love to play in a video game with him.
1: Taco is like... You create a player, and when you do that, you make your guy as tall as the game will let you. He might like I think in NBA Two K the max you can make a guy is like seven six, and he might be seven seven. The so, only
2: difference I would do in my my players like making them like seven six, like three fifty.
1: Right, <laughs> Taco has no weight on him, but I guess so. For me, it came down to two guys, and it's well, there's, only, there's only
2: three left, so.
1: Yeah, well, I'm actually eliminating the baby goat, Lamar, just because everyone's played with a dual threat quarterback before, which is a lot of fun. Um, but Saquon is reminiscent of Reggie Bush, who was like known to be one of the most groundbreaking college athletes ever and most fun to play with in a video game. But Zion is like that. They the, the way they describe Zion in real life is like you created him yourself in it for a video game. So right. like throwing down windmill dunks with him. But in, in basketball games, in video games, it's a lot about shooting, and Zion's shooting stats wouldn't be up there. So I'm going to go with Saquon. His ability to catch passes as well as run. He, you could put him in a kick and pump returner, which would make him so much fun. So I'm going with Saquon. And – If you guys have other ideas for who you wish you could have played with a video game with, uh, we're going to have it all on RS Pod. We're going to have some voting. We're going to have some discussion. So stay tuned for that on our Instagram
2: We're going to post post this on the the Instagram tomorrow. And do me a favor and get creative in the comments. Like if there's some random guy that we didn't think of, I want explanations, people. Don't just write a name without any any content behind it. I need to know why you want to be this person
1: we yeah we need the explanation like everyone saying where Russia go like and they're saying like the grizzlies well tell me why all right uh next category for the real sports awards is best rivalry in all of sports in sports history sports now take all those factors into account and the options are red sox yankees ohio state michigan football unc duke basketball and barcelona real madrid we should have had a versus jack on here but We'll let that slide for now.
2: When, there's not a rivalry when one side dominates, and don't I don't feel try to say to you. But
1: <laughs> anyway, All right, Who's your best, best
2: rivalry? Point. Best rivalry? You- uh, yeah. I forget the. I'm gonna go Yankees Red Sox. Um, baseball America's pastime. Um, pastime
1: heavy on the past.
2: Yeah, pastime. Well, come on, the balls are juice. Now we're getting back into it. Um, <laughs> um but yeah, it's it's. It's the American OG. It's it's baseball and they've given us so many great moments throughout the year. Um I might be wrong on this, but I've never been wrong, so I'm going to go with it that this is the longest lasting rivalry in all of sports. So clearly it is the best. It's given us so many great moments, everything from the Aaron boom, Aaron Boone home run in I think it was a game 7 of an L- NLCS, I remember a crush out to left field.
1: NLCS, um, come on.
2: AL sorry ALCS. whatever whatever. Um <laughs> but two of my personal favorites um a couple of the fights when uh a rod got plunked in the side of the arm he's walking uh to first base chirping the pitcher and then he's chirping jason varitek and then all hell breaks loose you just get a huge brawl like we all know that's the best part of baseball like someone gets plunked there's a little chirping and then boom benches are clearing uh there was another fight where i think it was pedro martinez threw
1: like yeah, he throws the big fat ball guy.
2: You know, no, you know who that ball guy is? It's a it's a Yankees bench coach who happened to be seventy two years old. Like <laughs> you're, you're a professional athlete and you're tossing these old men, like that is clearly a sick rivalry. You got the the shilling bloody sock, um the coming the Red Sox coming back from was it three oh or three one? Three 0 right? Yeah, Yeah. so Yankees-Red Sox, easy for me. They've given me entertainment in the fights. They've given me the big moments in the actual game. No-brainer.
1: So this one, the real answer is probably Barcelona-Madrid, but we threw this that one America. on there. For, this is America. Yeah, for the Euro. But we have to respect the international fans. We have about 12% of our listeners are um, from across the pond, so we, we have to pay our respects. Yeah, why, so- why, why, why don't you 12% tell your other lads? over there overseas and let's get that 12 up to maybe a 20 eh? yeah i don't mind that idea this one's tough because i think unc duke is the more intense rivalry and like a very legit rivalry but they see each other twice a year sometimes three um and they play like I don't know. It's basketball versus, like, Ohio State, Michigan. Like, people in Ohio literally will not use the letter M, which seems like the craziest of extremes to go. I know I hate the Steelers to death, but, like, I can't imagine writing without using a letter. So, in that sense – I can't imagine writing in general. In, in that sense, I'm going Ohio State, Michigan. I grew up a Michigan fan. My mom went there. My aunt went there. I went to the game last year, but I went like a decade ago. And I'm like eight or nine years old at the time. And it's a T- Terrell Pryor team. They're headed into the big house, huge game. Um, and I print out this eight by 11 little photo. And it, it instead of it's a picture of Terrell Pryor. And I write a caption, Terrell Cryer, like literally the lamest thing in the world. And I'm in my I'm in my blue and maze walking around the stadium.
2: Let me sorry, let me interrupt. Yeah. I hate that. The whole maze thing, dude, it's yellow. Stop calling it maze cool.
1: It's the same thing with Texas. My school, burnt orange. Like you just have different. At least you have the word orange in it. (laughs) So, anyways, I'm walking around. I'm nine at the time. Michigan had just gotten shelled, but I'm, you know, full out Terrell Crier crying, crying emoji, crying face. And there's these grown adults who are literally making fun of me, picking on me. And not to say that other rivalries like New Yorkers aren't brutal, but if you can, you can pick on a ten-year-old or nine-year-old who just lost by three touchdowns. Uh, that's a serious rivalry. And a special shout out to Steelers Ravens because, like, come on, it's a great rivalry. Hey,
2: if I'm in a, if I'm forty-something years old. Um, I'm going with my kid to an Eagles-Cowboys game, and one and one 11-year-old Cowboys fan looks at me the wrong way. It's on site right there. I don't care how old you are. You come <laughs> to a game, a rivalry game, be prepared to take whatever comes your way.
1: Yeah, we'll have to get into our craziest stadium experiences because I had a Ooh. weird one at the Colts once. But all right, moving on to the next category, the best team... From this past year, so this is a category pulled from the ESPY's options. They're all champions, as I believe they should be. We tried to think of non-champions, but they're all champs. Clemson football, UVA basketball, Patriots Super Bowl champs, Raptors, uh, Red Sox, Blues, and then the U.S. women's soccer team who just won the their fourth World Cup. Who's your pick?
2: Uh, I'm going to go Clemson here. Um, mostly because I didn't really. I'm not definitely not picking the Raptors. Um, <laughs> U.S. Women, all hats off to you. Back to back World Cups, four of the eight total Women's World Cups. Um, but Clemson was just a powerhouse all year in the hardest conference in football. Oh, not the hard. No, they're in the. Whoa, ACC. whoa. <laughs> my bad. My bad. My, they're always playing Alabama, so I just think it's like they're in the SEC. But they were just dominant throughout. Um, did they lose once this year? No, they went undefeated. Um, they absolutely steamrolled Miami in the semifinal. And then Notre
1: Dame,
2: Dame. shoot, I'm (laughs) looking at the wrong thing. Notre Dame. (laughs) And, uh, and then they went into the, the national championship game and all the hype was around Tua and Alabama and how this might be the best Alabama team yet. And they embarrassed them and won the national title. And I like Trevor Lawrence's hair a lot. He's got a sunshine. Uh, So I'm going to go Clemson, best team of the year.
1: Yeah, I think that I'm on board with Clemson. I think the way to just determine this is in question, like how you want to look at it. And I think it's who was the most dominant within their league over the course of the year, including the championship.
2: Right, You could say say who had the most success that was unwarranted, like uh, the Blues were last place halfway through the year in the NHL. But um, I'm not much of a hockey guy myself, so I'm going to steer clear of that.
1: I think that – I think that now that I'm – I was on the – I agree. I think it's Clemson. But now that I'm thinking about it, it might be the Raptors. I Because of the Durant injury, uh, it makes it tough. But the Raptors were that team who just broke another di- – like Kawhi broke another dynasty, which could make them the best team. UVA now they're, they're broke their own dynasty by getting hurt, but continue. Yeah, but – UVA, they weren't crazy dominant. They are a really good team, but they couldn't beat Duke this year. Uh, the Patriots, and they played a very boring style of this. Yeah, basketball. and the Super Bowl was so boring, I can't give it to the Patriots. So I'm going to go Clemson, but I could see a lot of arguments for the Raptors, and obviously the U.S. women were unbelievable. So shouts to them. Because USA. The
2: blues will get some, The Blues had a great year. Because
1: for the 88% of listeners who are from America, go USA.
2: Yeah. And suck it. Really.
1: <laughs> Best game of the year. Options are we're we're heavy uh championship football, championship level football here, but Raptors Sixers game seven. I think my chief content officer threw that in for you. Virginia Purdue Elite Eight game, which was special. Then you have the AFC Championship, Chiefs, Patriots goes to OT, NFC Championship, Saints Rams gets disrupted by a pass interference non-call. And then my pick, I'm going to start on this one, Chiefs-Rams, Monday Night Football, 54-51. Let me tell you, this game was like, it was electric. I I think I was in my living room watching, just like standing up, just watching a regular season football game. It was the two best teams in the game at the time. It was nonstop scoring. It was literally a game of Madden. But with, like, there was defensive touchdowns. There was literally everything you could want outside of it being a playoff game. So that's my pick. Chiefs, Rams, Monday Night Football, 54-51. What a game.
2: Bro, that was that was when I was in, like, my – when I first started work and everything and I was in, like, my – I have to go to bed really early at, like, 9 o'clock and everything. Oh, my uh, God. I went to sleep. Yeah, I went, I went to sleep at, like, halftime. Oh, my but God. But I'm going to tell – I'm going to – but like when I tell my kids about it, I'm going to be like, yeah, this was the sickest game ever. I watched the whole thing. I didn't sleep that night. Um, so my kids will never listen to this. But the best oh, game on, of hold the hold year hold and hold my on. best
1: game- – Before you get into it, uh, tell the pod about the new job that's going to allow you to at least stay up later because we, we need to announce our exciting life accomplishments.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, Real Sports Fam, I have recently quit my job in corporate America and um, don't be afraid to do so once the time comes. I know you're all relatively young and I will be starting a new job at a sports gambling company that provides lines and odds to casinos and bookmakers in Europe and now they're opening their first office in the US. So my job will be essentially to watch sports. So that should make for some better content on the pod. But so I'm excited to start next shout week. Shout out
1: Combi. Camby, Camby show some respect. Marcus Camby. Shout out Marcus Camby. Marcus Camby. All right. With a now your best, but, best. Uh,
2: best best game of the year and by best I mean worst was the Raptors Sixers game 7.
1: What's it this I, game? I remember it, obviously, but like was the, the was the full game really exciting or was it just like the final 6 minutes?
2: Okay, well I kind of blacked out the entire <laughs> game because like you all know I'm a huge Sixers fan. Um I was like so this was on mother's day. I remember like I made my mom change her mother's day dinner plans. So, and she was very, she understood. And I love her for that. Shout out to my mom. And I get back in time. I'm watching with my roommate in here and we're just on hands and knees the entire time. And it was back and forth throughout, like even in the fourth quarter, when it was just Kawhi mid range uh, and being the post, JJ makes a crazy three. It was a game of runs. And then like, I really thought we were going to win when Jimmy Butler steals the inbound, like with like two minutes left. He's jumping on a bum ankle. I'm like, this is it. This is it. This is it. And then that goddamn robot. Um, I think we all can agree that was like the top sports moment, or at least in the NBA of the year, when he hit that shot. Um, it's too bad. You'll never get that ever again, Toronto.
1: Don't so throw shade because you're pissed.
2: I mean,. They're the ones that's pissed. They yeah, lost Kawhi.
1: What's with the disrespect, Toronto? We have six percent of our audience. No, I'm kidding. But Toronto, is <laughs> no, no, no. a good spot. What did you do? You remember Virginia-Purdue Elite Eight? Um, I think I was. That good. was. Um, that was that was the
2: crazy game. Carson Edwards was just pulling up from. God Carson knows was where. pulling.
1: The white kid was pulling. Um, oh wait, and then who had? The, and then the was freshman it Andre boy, Hunter
2: who had the game. Yeah.
1: He's the and Andre
2: Hunter had the, had the game tying shot or something. Yeah, at the buzzer, it was nutty.
1: It was it was. An ugly yeah, that
2: game was and crazy. That's an honorable mention for me.
1: Purdue, head. Tennessee Elite or Sweet Sixteen was just as crazy. That was a great game. Yeah. Um, all right. Final category from the Real Sports Awards: Best Retired Athlete from the past year. Take it for however you want it. This question. No, they,
2: they so they had to have retired.
1: Like no, no. no, no. Just I mean, like, see. is it the actual best player? Is it the player you like the most? Whatever. Uh Dwayne Wade, Dirk Nowitzki, Ichiro, or Gronk?
2: Why don't you go ahead first with this one?
1: Whew, this is a tough list. Wait a
2: second. Wait, 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 wait. Does yeah. Gronk count as retired?
1: Why? Was, do
2: we think he's retired?
1: Well, he he's currently retired, so we're counting it. I I know he was throwing passes with Brady like literally yesterday. He should be retired. Have you seen a picture of him? He looks god awful. He, he lost horrible. all of his muscle mass. Yeah. He's. What do you think he's doing? He's just partying. Oh, crushes. He's worth millions. Has multiple Super Bowl rings. Has a very beautiful girlfriend. I I wouldn't be putting my brain in risk at that. All point. All right, enough for Gronk. Get to your pick. uh. God, Ichiro's such a legend and he's like the man. D-Wade obviously top 3 shooting guard of all time. Um but I'm going Dirk because he defeated LeBron James single-handedly in an NBA finals. He is Show, show some respect to Jason Terry. Stop. <laughs> Jason Terry did he did play a nice finals, but Dirk was he was the man. He had game-winning shots in that finals. He's one of the greatest scorers of all time. Is he the greatest European basketball player of all time? I think so, right?
2: Uh, I mean, until until Luca finishes
1: career, probably. I guess it's him or Frank Aquina at this point, but (laughs) I'm going Dirk. Who's your pick? I I like the Dirk pick.
2: I was hoping you didn't pick D-Wade because I actually, like, I lost a lot of respect for D. Wade. Like he made the whole NBA season about him and it pissed me off so much with these Jersey swaps and everything. I hate the retirement tour more than anything. Like Dirk did it the right way. He didn't tell anyone he was retiring, just went about his business um, and did it the right way. So I'm glad you chose Dirk over D Wade. What were all the rest of the options? Ichiro Gronk. Ichiro Gronk. Yeah. I'm not going to go with any of those options. Actually (laughs) the correct answer for this question is, Is Marshawn Lynch. Marshawn Lynch is one of my favorite football players of all time. He just recently retired. He's given us so many great moments. Like he was ejected in a Chiefs Raiders game in like 2017. And then he left the game and then they flashed to him in like a hood and mask, literally watching (laughs) the game in the stands on a Thursday night football game, and no one says anything to him. You have the you have the the cart. Yeah, the golf cart, cart. yeah, you have the classic him eating Skittles on the sideline. Um, the the beast mode run, where and Charlie bleeped us out, where he's just like, hold my <laughs> d-. And I, I think everyone remembers where they were for that game. I was – oh, shoot. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> I, oh, my God. You know where I was? I was in your basement. We watched that game in your basement together. Really? Uh, yeah, I think that was a year the Eagles didn't make the playoffs and the Ravens did, and then we watched like the Ravens game or something there. But I was nah, actually yeah. – I remember being in your basement for that game um, and then the infamous when he went to the Super Bowl, to I'm just here so I won't get found. Like Marshawn Lynch is an absolute goat. He was a beast on the field also. So Marshawn Lynch, we're going to miss you. Feel free to come back with your antics. Actually, you know what? We should replace Jason Witten on Monday Night Football with Marshawn Lynch.
1: Oh, my God. That would be legendary.
2: Marshawn the, the most, Lynch, the the
1: most infamous in the game. play of his career is not getting the ball on the goal line, actually
2: yeah but like
1: out of all on, the guys. moments the, the, the beast quake
2: against the saints in the what was, it, the I know, that, was amazing. that was unbelievable
1: the the funny thing is well two things one lynch in comparison to like career milestones and statistics you have like d wade two-time nba finals champion or three-time champ finals mep Dirk finals mep each like the most hits for whatever. Gronk, one of the greatest tight ends ever. And then Lynch, like a very good running back. But Lynch, because you know how I feel about drafting running backs high. I said the Giants, even though Saquon's a generational talent, they shouldn't take him because you can't do anything with a star running back. He is my one guy. When I, I always pull out the stat, in the past decade, there's only been one team who's had a top five running back to win a Super Bowl, and that is Lynch the year they won it. So. All right. It I'm could have been girl. I'm going to
2: call you out in front of real sports fam. Marshawn Lynch went 12. Okay. Marshawn Lynch went 12th.
1: And- no, 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 no. Sorry. Sorry. Top 5 running back like by stats. Oh, is my like point. at the time, Not- I thought you were Yeah. Yeah. No, no, so my my point is that like you actually don't need like running back by committee works just as well. The Patriots have won, like five doing no, I agree. it. Um the Eagles same deal with your your boy LeGarrett, and uh Jay Jaggy and Corey Clement um, caught
2: a touchdown. He was, he he was called, a, yeah He was an undrafted rookie.
1: Point is, don't draft your running backs high. That wraps up the real sports awards. Thank you guys for listening definitely go check out RS Pod on instagram we'll have some fun fun debates and we want to hear your opinion so we're really yeah
2: get creative with these responses i want to have some good banter
1: before we head into our special first time interview with joe schwartz just a special mention to harry's harry's is great for shaving they have unbelievable trials for you guys harrys.com backslash blue wire just check it out like honestly i started shaving last year i tried harry's pretty legit stuff and, and and blue wire has some nice stuff so they have good deals so check out Harry's.com backslash blue wire now let's get to the interview now introducing the real sports podcast first career guest a 63 shooting guard from the University of Texas Joe Schwartz Joe. The real sports fam, the OGs are—they know you best because I highlighted your storied senior season uh, when we started the real sports page. But let's 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 teach the people a little about Joe. So, in your career, you appeared in eight games. You averaged 0.5 points per game, point one rebounds, point one assists, sixteen point seven percent from the field. But in your freshman year, you were the highest career shoot you the highest career shooting percentage in the history of d1 athletics from three you were one for one from three and in your freshman season you had twice the player efficiency rating of zion williamson so uh why did you continue to play after your freshman year like what you
0: didn't want to just retire i mean some people told me it was probably time to hang it up after after that one for one season 100 percent, and <laughs> maybe should have listened but uh, I mean, the efficiency rating is what is what sports is all about. And hey, Amita- I mean, you,
2: you've got you've got better stats than I do, um, so I can't knock you for that. But for the real sports fan that doesn't really know about Joe, Joe was a walk on at the University of Texas. So, Joe, for our for our listeners who are aspiring college athletes, do you mind just sharing with them your experience, um, the decision process, deciding to walk on? and maybe some challenges you faced and how you were able to overcome those challenges and actually enjoy your college your college career as well as being a college athlete as a walk-on.
0: Definitely, definitely. So first off, I do have to give a shout-out to The Real Sports Fan because, as Jack mentioned, he did highlight my senior season, everything from warm-up shots to traveling um, to a couple <laughs> of games on the road. Um, that trip to Lawrence, Kansas was pretty crazy. Um, that was never won at Allen Fieldhouse. But um, when you've got one of your best, did friends. you beat Kansas in your career? We beat, we beat Kansas one time in my career, freshman um, year or what? I, yeah, freshman year. And I'm assuming you that, didn't get
2: into that game.
0: Uh did not. No, <laughs> and um, so actually, no, we did not beat Kansas at yeah, all. Yeah, I don't and think so. No. You're before. right. Now that I think about it, we did not because this year when we beat them at home, um, I was talking to a few of the guys and I was like, wow, y'all got to do something that I didn't get to do, um, which hoping in the next few years, um, the ceiling is, is going to get a little bit higher and we're going to follow in the footsteps of the football team, which is on pace, I think, to win a national championship next year. But um, that's correct. We're We're going to, we're going to start NCAA tournament and then um, make a little run. But yeah. So I, uh, the, the walk-on story is kind of interesting and, very humbling for me because I came from a small private school in Waco, which is the home of Baylor. And um, in high school, I was the best player on my high school team. And my graduating class had twenty six kids. Weird flex,
2: weird flex, Joe. But continue.
0: So, <laughs> yeah, it's it's just it, it's one of those things where hey, I would flex I didn't you too. Have many, Keep going, man. <laughs> I didn't have I didn't have any uh, any real. Guys to pick from. It wasn't one of those things where you have to try out for your varsity team every year. Like um, it, we just didn't have the numbers like that. And so in high school, my sophomore, junior, senior year, um, as I was getting older, I started to focus more on basketball. And towards the middle of my senior year is when I really became interested in the walk on process. And that's when I got in touch with Coach Barnes, but. A little bit of historical background: When my mom was at Alabama in the '80s as a student, Coach Barnes was the assistant coach at Alabama, and my mom actually worked in their basketball office. So, how closely really
1: did they work together? Because I've heard um, rumors.
0: Yeah, no, they 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 were close, and um, <laughs> my my mom did a lot of hard work at Alabama, but um, it was never—I mean, I, I can't say never a place I wanted to go. I just um, Texas was always the dream school, and then. Um, throughout my senior year was in contact with the coaches and then the summer after my senior year of high school so going into my freshman year um, that's when that's when the challenges really started um, on and off the court Um, when you get introduced to a kid named Jack Settleman on a (laughs) golf course um, and you find out that he's going to be one of your best friends for the next four years but you also find out that you have a a. 6am workout the next morning. Um, it's, it's kind of tough to, to balance those. And so that summer was really challenging meeting a bunch of new people from out of state. And like I said, coming from a small private school had never been around that many people. Um, Waco is a really small city and I had my select group of friends and you're going into an ocean as a small fish at the university of Texas and meeting kids from out of state. Um, and basketball wise, the competition was better than anything I'd ever played against. And so it was tough trying to, to find that balance. But I'd honestly say being able to be friends with guys who were not involved in athletics at Texas and having friends that were involved in athletics, especially the guys on the basketball team that summer, um, that kind of helped me stay sane. It it didn't make me pour all my eggs into one basket where it's like all, all basketball. I can't have a social life, but it was also like, I can't have a crazy social life and still play basketball. So the the thing that was also challenging was for me, I had nothing guaranteed going into it. They they told me that there may not be a spot available on the team immediately. And by my sophomore year um, that may be the first time that I really get to put a Jersey on. And um, so I, w- I stayed patient and persistent and, I kept showing up to workouts. I just kept putting the work in, head down, and luckily a few things went my way. Um, we had uh, a couple of players leave the team. Shout out to Marcus Croker. Reasons. Am I right? Oh my gosh! And, and I <laughs> actually I was I was at dinner tonight with with Connor Lambert. Um, That's your boy. And Connor's one of my good friends, and we were talking, and I said I said I will always have a special place in my heart for Demarcus Croker because <laughs> had he had he not made the decision to go moved back closer to home to Murray State, um, I would not have had the opportunity to probably be on the team. And um, one thing that I love about DeMarcus is that night, uh, the the, the night that he told Coach that he was transferring, we had a game. And that was the first game that I played in against Lipscomb. And DeMarcus had texted me after shoot-around, because he didn't come to shoot-around, obviously. He said, I'm going to be at the game. And so sitting front row with some of the – people on our basketball staff, the office staff, I check into the game. I hit my three camera pans to the bench, miles and Isaiah, two of my best friends jump up and then they, they pan the camera right to DeMarcus and he's just hooting and hollering, jumping up and down. Mm -hmm. And from a teammate perspective, from a friend perspective, he's, he's a special guy. And um, like I said, someone that's always going to have a special place in my heart. And um, he, he really opened the door. Um, for a lot of opportunities at Texas, yeah. That, that- I remember, like you didn't even have it. You didn't get your number and your official jersey until was it later in the season or mm-hmm. sophomore year? Yeah, so it was later in the season. Um, you probably were a little confused because the shooting top didn't come off after that that three pointer went in, um, <laughs> so no one really got to see see the the jersey with Schwartz on the back. But um, it's funny because the announcers that game, um, they they said, and I think. I'm quoting it the right way. They said that he had the blood jersey on. So, in case someone gets hurt and there's blood (laughs) on their jersey and they can't get it off, there's just an extra jersey, number 41. And um, so the question is you're kind of like Kobe
1: and Jordan in a sense. Like, number 41, Joe Schwartz, Texas, is like the greatest D1 basketball player ever. So, right. But then I number twenty five has all the experience. So which which is the better version, forty one or twenty five?
0: Well, that's a tough question. I think if we're just talking, I mean statistically, I think you have to go with forty one. <laughs> I mean the stats, and the numbers don't lie; they don't lie. So so forty one would would be the one I would go with. But I I have to say, for being a six <laughs> three private school shooting guard. Um, coming from a decently, decently athletic family. Dad played college ball. Mom played sports in high school. And I mean, brother was all intramural, all American. <laughs> every year at Texas. Jiggy bro, really and, I mean, I mean this kid, I, I think I have a lot of Texas gear, just all the dry fits and stuff we get. That kid has more intramural champion shirts than anyone I know. He does. It, it's like volley, water, volleyball, sand, volleyball, water. softball, flag football. I mean, this kid, so I, li- I actually lived with him, um, his senior year, my junior year. And it's like four nights a week, this kid's like, Oh, I got intramural, this intramural, that <laughs> I, I had 30 tonight. And I'm like 30, what receiving yards or points? Like, <laughs> I mean, I, I couldn't keep up with the sports he was playing, but um, no, I, I think that um, the experiences that I had um, with, with 25 were, oof, I mean, you can't beat them. You're talking a trip yeah. to China, a trip to the Bahamas, a trip to Australia, a trip to Portland up to Nike's campus to play in an incredible tournament with a bunch of the top Nike schools and um, had some ups and downs along the way, but we can get into those in a little bit. Well, I was going to ask,
1: well, one of the things you mentioned was that, you know, one of the things we never got to accomplish was, you know, win a tournament game. And I don't need to, but I have to mention that the two tournament games we lost while you were there were like the most excruciating games ever. But what was your favorite game? Because we did have a lot of really, really fun wins. Mine was the second half run against Oklahoma and Buddy Heald. It was like 18-0 run, and I've never heard the stadium so
0: loud. What was your favorite? I well First, I mean, what the fans need to realize, and the the, the OG Real Sports fan, (laughs) they know that as soon as those gates open or doors open – Settlement was the first one in the stand. Like he was the first Always. one there. Most of the time he was there before I even came out of the locker room because he had to be courtside so he could show everyone what shoes I had on. <laughs> and I mean, he had the camera ready. Um, but I think I that that game, the buddy healed game, I, and I remember it vividly. It was um we we might have been losing at halftime, but that second half, you're right, we went on it was an 18-0 run and then we ended the game. Uh, The the final run was a 25-2 to run in like the last five minutes of the game. And that place was absolutely electric. And it's just – the one thing about the Irwin Center is it's very, very big and very rarely does it sell out. But when it does, that place gets loud. And so that game, I'd say one of my other favorites and most unique – is probably the North Carolina game, and people say it's kind yep. really cliche if they know Texas basketball. I mean, we went on a buzzer beater against the number four team in the country at the time. But what people might not know is that morning, I think six total players had final exams, including three starters. And <laughs> Javon two, had one. Javon and had one.
2: Do you Isaiah. know what happened? Yeah.
0: Oh, we we know what happened. But <laughs> that's a different. That's a. Diff- I mean, he, he had a game to play. He had. Yeah. You know, we were focused on I think, but but what's so special about that is um, he and Isaiah and DeMarcus and Kendall, I think like none of those guys went to shoot around in the morning because they had to take their final exam. Hmm. And so for me, I had a final exam that day and it was a four o'clock game. My final was from one to four and being the all academic provost award <laughs> academic um, all American I am, um, I had to do well on that final. And that was a rough semester for me because we went to China for eight days, eight school days. Um, and then two days after we get back from China, there's a weekend and then we leave for the Bahamas. So missed quite a bit of school that semester. So needless to say that final exam carried a lot of weight uh, for me. So it was one of those where I, I really had to to buckle down. And so I, I went and took my final exam. I missed shoot around in the morning and, one of my buddies was actually waiting in his car outside my exam and we drove to the Irwin center and there were no parking spots left. It would sell out for North Carolina This kid parks on the curb, like on the cement median and leave my car there. And we like run down the tunnel. It felt like the scene from like Mike when all the guys are on the scooters and he's like, well, I don't have a ticket for the game. And I was like, let's go. We're, we're just going in the tunnel. I took my final exam in my uniform, not that I was going to play that game, <laughs> but um, I, mean, I had to be ready just in case. I had my my Columbia 11s uh, customized with burnt orange, um, longhorn, my initials. I mean, everything looked good, but now now we had a game to play. And uh, for us to come out and execute the game plan how we did without having shoot-arounds and scouting and all that because of the academic schedule – um, that was pretty impressive, and then I mean, anytime you win a game on a buzzer beater, one that's kind of underappreciated, also because of the outcome of our season, was um, the Andrew Jones buzzer beater against OU. Yeah, and yeah, that especially was a game after everything
2: that, that happened with Andrew that season, overcoming. Yeah, his, uh, was that that, yeah, the,
0: the, that was the season before, okay. um, but this was this was coming off a season. This was a, in the middle of a season where we were eleven and twenty-two, I believe, and. It was a game that the last two minutes we turned the ball over six times and we're missing layups. We're giving them open layups. I think we were up by like five or six, and they end up taking the lead. They miss a free throw, and Andrew goes down, and he's kind of just stalling, but there's not much time left, and he gives this guy a decent crossover and just heaves one up. And I remember Dylan grabbing my arm because Dylan was redshirting at the time, Osikowski. And he grabs my arm, and when that shot went in, I've never felt someone squeeze an arm harder <laughs> than Dylan did. I mean, I I thought I was going to lose my arm. I thought he was trying to amputate it. But um, that was that was pretty special to see. And then one of one of the most emotional games, I would say, Northern Iowa. Of the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, outside. I was going to say outside of the half court shot to Northern Iowa because <laughs> that was um, for those for the real like, sports
2: fan who don't know. In uh, what was it, twenty sixteen? In the opening round, oh, yep. Northern mm-hmm. Iowa beat Texas on what a three quarter court buzzer yeah, was beater,
0: little a little bit behind half court, and nice. he banked it in. And this, what's so devastating about that game is that we were the very, very last game to be played of the first two, like the first and second day of the tournament. So we had seen the R.J. Hunter's um, three pointer that he had made. Um, we had seen a couple other buzzer beaters on TV. And you're like, oh, well, we got a chance. And we were down in that game. And then we went up. We were up bigger in the first half. And then we went down. And Isaiah hits the floater to tie it. And we're like, if, if this game goes into overtime, we've got it, because they're in foul trouble. And Jesperson, that kid catches it, one dribble, kind of a euro step, and Banks it in. I, I knew like right when it left his hand, That's I was like, crazy. This is not no. gonna end well. No. But, but like I was saying, no, go ahead. Um, the one that was very emotional and, and we'll probably touch on it in a little bit, um, was so after Andrew was diagnosed with leukemia, the next game we we're playing TCU on a big Monday. So we find out on Sunday night that Andrew's diagnosed with leukemia and he's obviously not going to be with the team, um, for the rest of the season. He's going to be in Houston getting treatment, very emotional night, the night before the game. And then obviously on game day. Everyone's wondering how the how the heck can we focus on basketball when one of our teammates is fighting for his life? And um, we play in a double overtime that game. We're missing two starters plus Andrew, and the point guard for TCU goes coast to coast and has a finish at the rim that you made. God blocked 90, it. Literally, God yeah, blocked. Like it. God blocked the shot. And and just seeing, I mean, it's my com- it's my computer background now. Um, just seeing the joy after that game and, and the emotion. I mean, I've never seen more players and coaches crying after a win than we did that night because up until the game, no one was focused on basketball. And yeah, then for I can't that, imagine. I guess what fifty minutes double overtime game, like it was it was really special. That was that was a fun one. The That's- the it. last thing I'll add is that
1: uh, one more. We have so many Oklahoma moments, but there's even another one because last year Trey Young game day comes, we beat OU, ago, and then two years ago, two, two years ago, two years ago. I, yeah, I was considering this year, whatever. Uh, the Mo Bamba dunk that just set the crowd literally ablaze. So it's OU, good to yeah. have great yeah. moments against OU. Speaking the of OU, speaking yeah.
2: of Mo Bamba and this Jack, that was a good segue into this question. Joe, you've played with a lot of uh, guys, mostly bigs who are now yeah. making a name for themselves in the NBA. Um, most notably Miles Turner a few years back, uh, Mo Bamba, Jackson Hayes, and Jared Allen. Jared Allen. Who who in your who did you who was the guy that you saw play right away during practice, during a shoot around where you were like, "Holy crap, this guy's the real deal." Like if you were to pick one out of the four of them, obviously they're all Unbelievable talents, but which one of those four really stuck out to you? Like, this kid is special.
0: Oh man, that's it, it's tough because as similar as all of them are, they they've all got different things that they're really good at. And before before I decide on the four, one thing I will say is when I was in high school, I played a little bit of every one, two, three, and four. Didn't really play the five much, um, but it taught me very quickly playing with these guys that you're not allowed to go in the paint and try and shoot a layup because (laughs) the ball will end up in the bleachers every time. And uh, I mean, I remember freshman year, I I tried to go up reverse layup on miles and we were practicing down in the Irwin center and not on our practice court. And he blocked it in like the third row and coach (laughs) Barnes just looks at me and goes, if I were you, I wouldn't do that again. (laughs) Straight (laughs) face, And just stoic, like, no emotion at all. Just looks at me, calm voice says, if I were you, I would never do that again. All right, man,
2: we're, we're a podcast of takes. And if the four of them hear this podcast, they've got to hear your choice. So who's it going to be? Who was that one special guy right away? We are like,
0: damn. I, whew, that's a tough one. got to um, take it side. You got to pick. I, I <laughs> struggling. I'm struggling. I'm struggling because I don't want to make anyone mad, but I... I think Miles, yeah, I think, wow. which, which is very interesting, and, and I'm going to touch on, on my decision why I'm picking him. And I was always into Hoop Mixtape Ball's life, and I had seen all of Miles' highlights. And the reason that I'm picking him is because he was the first of the four that I got to play with and see play And for me, coming from a small private school, seeing a kid like that on a big stage – was, was very impressive. Now I knew from the second from Jackson Hayes, from the visit when he came to campus, cause I was a senior when he was um, a senior in high school um, when he came on his visit and we watched him work out and he practiced with the team. Like I knew that kid had something special because right. you can't teach a kid how to catch a ball at, at an age at 18, 19 years old. You got to learn that you either have it or you don't. And his hands are incredible. He's probably got one of the fastest second jumps and highest second jumps out of any big that I've ever played against. And then there's – I mean, you talk about someone like Jarrett whose explosiveness, his touch, Jarrett's touch around the rim. I mean, it's like watching guys from back in the 70s and 80s. His footwork's incredible. And then you see someone like Mo, who's just a freak, one of the longest guys I've played against, like all special talent. And um, I just think I was so – It was like eye-opening when you saw Rivals. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I I think I was just starstruck by it.
2: I've got a follow-up question to that. You mentioned Mo last. Uh, How Mm -hmm. much do you hate the song Mo Bamba now?
0: (laughs) I imagine that was being played a lot. Well, it's funny because before the the song even came out, we were listening to it on – I'm pretty sure it was like a text from Sheck, like an MP3 file from Sheck (laughs) to Mo. (laughs) Like I wrote this song about you and we're like blaring it in the weight room. And I mean, very catchy. Um, and he but it got old quick. Ever, but not like very quickly, but yeah, it took a while it, for it, it to get a, a, But, but like it got to a point where even he would stop answering my FaceTime calls when I would FaceTime him every time the song came on <laughs> when I was listening to it, whether it's in the car at, at a bar, like anything like that. Whenever the song came on, I'm FaceTiming him and he's like, all right, this, this has to stop. And that was kind of the point where I was like, all right, this has to stop. Like, if, if he's tired of people FaceTime, it might just be me. I mean, he never answers my FaceTime anymore, but. He's uh, <laughs> uh, too big time. I know. He's, he's Hollywood now, but. um, Well, he's I mean, really Orlando, which is. Yeah. I, thought, I just, just saw a report Hollywood. that he
2: put on 20 pounds of muscle this offseason.
0: Did he really? That's what, that's what I, I thought. Time. I mean, we'll see. Him I mean, and
2: Markel might be a lethal duo down there.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, that that's that's the other thing about these kids is. They come in They're kids, They're kids, they're they're literal like babies. And, um, seeing them develop, I mean, what miles has done in the NBA compared to what he did in college is scary. What Jackson has done. I mean, Jackson's junior year of high school. I don't even think he was starting and he was averaging like one point a game. And the kid went for 28 last night and I didn't see his final stat line tonight because I was driving, but, um, he played really well tonight. I caught a little bit of the game, um, to see what Jared's done, like it, I think Jared and Miles both got votes on defensive uh, player of the year this year, which is incredible. And for PJ to not have been in yeah. that discussion is absolutely crazy. But that's that's a whole. Yeah, I
2: mean, Jared. Jared has that signature moment this year of stuffing LeBron at the rim. Exactly. But yeah. uh, speaking and of Miles, go ahead. Miles
1: has his own LeBron moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Speaking of all these
2: NBA players, Jack and I are a fan on this podcast of giving ourselves uh NBA player comparisons. Who would most resemble in terms of style of play on the court? Now, from what I've gathered from your Wikipedia, you being Boys of Jack, our conversations, you're you're a little bit of a sharpshooter. I mean, you're at hundred percent uh three point percentage at the end of your freshman year, decided to come back and ruin it. That's a different story. But who would you who would you give your NBA player comparison?
1: Oh, and just oh. so you know, for context, I gave myself Russell Westbrook, so don't be shy. I gave Jack Lonzo. Who would I give myself? Like Kemp is more Draymond. Oh, you, I'm a You're all over the place. Yeah, no, oh, I, I can do a little bit of
2: everything. So I just touch on a bunch of players. But who would you compare yourself to in the NBA in terms of style of play?
0: Are we talking current players or? Hey, shoot or for the players? shoot for the stars. Whatever you want. Oh, I, I mean. I'd have to compare myself to MJ. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! All right, but now let's tone it down a Now, now,
2: now, don't <laughs> shoot for the stars. Shoot for the clouds.
1: Hold on, I'm um, pulling up MJ's freshman year uh, player. While he's right doing
0: there. that, shoot for the clouds. Um. Well, I, there's. I, I like Goran Dragic's game. Okay. I mean that's that's a reasonable comparison. Do you I attack think. the rim like that? I can, in, I high school, in high back.
2: school, you might have been that kind of guy, yeah.
0: right? See that, that that's the only reason that I'm kind of not as much like him, but I, I used to be a decent slasher. Um I another guy that I I mean I could compare to because I can shoot with the best of them is Ray Allen. <laughs> this and is amazing. This is the content from, we need. Quick release. I mean, everyone remembers that shot that he hit in Miami. He didn't even look down. I don't have to look at that. It doesn't matter. I walk in the gym and get buckets. Like I feel the same way matter. about myself. Like I could be wearing flip flops. I could be wearing baseball cleats on a on a wood floor. Like <laughs> check up. Let's go. I will outshoot anyone in any that. gym. I love ever. that mentality. And and on a fraternity court basketball court, ask Jack. I uh, he, no he's to wet
1: him. the well. The funny story that I was actually about to get into this is a perfect segue. Is we went on a little scavenger hunt, our freshman year, me, you, and our crew. Uh, oh yeah. And I beat you one on one, even though you're in sandals. Just had to throw that out there. Um, and didn't I have jeans on too? Yeah, yeah, but a win to win, but. What I was going to say is one of my greatest memories from college is that night we broke into the Baylor football stadium the night after they won the Big 12 championship. We walk out of the stadium. Like we're literally playing football on the field because there was a chain link missing in the fence that we could sneak in. And then one of our friends crashes a golf cart into the security <laughs> tent. And then uh, on the way out, the cops like show up and they're like, what were you guys doing? And we were like, oh, we were just walking around the stadium. And um, I, like, pretty much tell the worst lie ever. I was like, yeah, we were here last night, um, but I just wanted to see the stadium for the first time. And at that point, the cops were like, (laughs) these freaking idiots were just in the stadium. but They didn't have any proof. But do you have one last – do you have any story that can top that from your your years on the team?
0: That are are PG-13,
1: of course. Um,
0: Eh, Don't be afraid to get a little worse guy over here. Is our is our audience thirteen enough? Wow, I'm getting old. <laughs> um, that night was a lot of fun. Um, that, that yeah, that was I'd say that was a fun night. Um, let's see. I I might need a second to think. Let's while you
1: think about it. Another number change: thirty-five to seven. Why did Katie not come to my next? Like, what's good with that? We're not doing this again, Jack. I mean. We're not doing this again. We. we-
2: they're an abomination. Let's, just, let's every just live year. with it. Take Marcus Morris. At least he's choosing the Knicks. But
1: <laughs> he can settle yeah. the uh, the argument. We have a bet, Joe. Abe and I have a bet. Oh. I said when KD comes back his first full season, he'll average 27 a game.
0: Do you think he'll come back to his full form? Like I think he's that elite. I think he'll uh, – if I had to take an over-under on 27, I'd take the over. Thank you. 26 and a half think-
2: is reasonable, Joe.
0: Okay, well, I would take the – I mean, the ah, guy –
2: You're the public, and the public always loses.
0: <laughs> but the, the past if, – if you – statistically, the past three years, that guy's the best player on the planet. You can – LeBron is incredible. Don't get me wrong. But the way that Kevin had played the past three years is about as elite as it can get. Can score over anyone. And when he – any night that he wants outside of Harden – Guy can go. I mean, Harden can get 50 or 60 when he wants because he'll take 50 or 60 shots. But, <laughs> um, I mean, Westbrook will try and get 50 or 60, and he's going to shoot 60 shots and yeah. maybe speaking get of, Speaking 15, of KD, 15.
2: speaking of KD, I posted on my, uh, my personal Instagram special guest interview for today's pod. It's a picture of you and the fellas on the team, most notably Mo and KD. Uh, I've got a lot of people that think that KD's coming on the pod, and <laughs> hopefully, maybe one day he will. Um, but <laughs> how many how many times have you met KD?
0: I've met. Oh, let's see. Um, I'd say probably six or seven. Um, does he know your name? All right. I I actually I know you've
1: met Durant seven times, but I know I have the best Durant story out of okay, the three. Okay, cool. That's, wait, All Joe. Uh, does he know your no. name? We we. Met Kevin Durant because of an organization I'm in, and one of my friends grew up in Oklahoma City, and he, he literally said it was like his mother and Kevin Durant raised him, like he didn't care about his father. And he got uh, to meet Kevin, and he we we're taking a picture, and he starts peeing himself. He
0: got so nervous. Oh my lord! So does Kevin you, Durant know your name? That's so, so. I'm answering that question now. So it's funny okay. you ask because. The the first time that I met him, we're on the road. Sounds like a no. Sounds like a no. (laughs) But it's he knows who I am, so okay. Um, so I meet him at at Oklahoma State while he was still playing in uh, Oklahoma City. Next year he comes back. We're at a football game, and and it was our alumni weekend. So he had come and played pickup with us. Um, And he he daps me up, and he goes. Hey, you're the white frat boy. <laughs> <laughs> that and, was literally and, your rep though. No. And, and, and like, and he's now, I think honestly, if I, if I see him, he would probably know my name. If I told him, I said, I played at Texas and, and he would say, yeah, you're Joe. Like there's, there's a, a cool video I have. Um, and it was from one of his boardroom episodes, I think when he's touring our facility and he daps me up and it's in slow motion. It's, it's incredible. I'm actually going to send it to you now, but um, it is, that's probably one of my favorite moments. Um, uh, was getting a dap up KD and then it being on ESPN. Um, yeah, I mean, I, but, I don't
2: think the listeners will be the ones that saw my Instagram story. Um, the way this interview has gone, you've been great. I don't think they'll be too disappointed. Uh, me and Jeff no, have, we probably would have made KD cry by this time, that sensitive little girl, but um, <laughs> yeah, but some people were expecting KD, but I guess you're the next best thing being the white frat kid,
0: yeah, I'm, the kid I'm right
2: there.
1: All right, thank Joe, you. thank you for coming on. We appreciate it. We're definitely going to have you back on um, sometime in the future. As being the first guest, we hope to have you on many, many a more time. Um, let's see. Last, just make a prediction. Let's see. Super Bowl prediction. What
0: two teams play in the Super Bowl? Oh, man. Um, I know who's going to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, you're oh, a big Tom Brady guy. I'm a big Brady guy. Um, I, I, I'd like to see, I'd you like don't to see say the saints. Eagles or do no, I'd, I, or do. I'd like, to, I'd like to see the saints. Yeah.
1: Me too. So you got saints
0: Patriots. Patriots.
1: Yeah. Saints Patriots.
0: Yeah. I think, I, I think, yeah, I'd go saints Patriots.
1: All
2: right. There you have All it. Right. Oh, so, thank you very much, bro. It's been a great time. We'll have you on again. I'm sure the listeners are going to love it. Appreciate it.
0: Thanks, yeah. Thank y'all and real sports fam. Y'all, y'all know where to follow. Follow these guys there. They're about to they already have made it big time. (laughs) Y'all it is.
1: Y'all's peace, everyone. Peace, guys. Thank you. Peace, love. Thank you for listening to our award show and our special interview with Joe. Uh, we hope you guys enjoyed this special edition of the Real Sports Podcast. We're back to our normal schedule every Monday morning and Thursday morning. Follow us on RS Pod on Instagram and uh, give us a shout to your friends. Like we said, we want that Euro audience. We we need those Aussies and we could, we, we could use a few Americans. So I'm signing off. I'm Jack. Abe, any last words? I'm just here so I won't get fined. <laughs>